talking and it don't make sense Tell me what it's all about The truth is stranger the closer you get To the who, what, where, when, how Absurd is the word, guess what I heard Absurd is the word, guess what I heard Guess what I heard Guess what I heard Hey guys, this is Know What I Heard. I'm Jamie, and this episode is all about sensory deprivation and floating. Now, if you're not familiar with floating, um, it's basically just that. You go into a pod that's filled with like 10 to 12 inches of very concentrated salt water and literally float for an hour or 90 minutes and it's designed to dull most of your senses and give your body and brain a chance to completely decompress and there's a whole spectrum of things um, that people use floating for everything from treating chronic pain you know from arthritis or fibromyalgia inflammation, migraines, to treating stress, anxiety, depression, and even PTSD. Some people use it for skin conditions like psoriasis and eczema. And I had the opportunity to do my first float a couple weeks ago at Clarity Float Spa in Columbia, Missouri. And it was incredible. And then I was even more excited when one of the owners, Connor Kanabi, agreed to do this episode of the podcast with me and I thought that it would be interesting to record myself before I went in and kind of what my expectations were and thoughts were about going in to do the float and then record myself when I came back out of the spa after my first float. So those two recordings kind of bookend this episode. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Connor and learn a lot about floating. So here we go. So I just got to the spa where I'm doing my sensory deprivation float this morning, and I'm super excited. There's a lot of reasons why (laughs) I wanted to try this. One, I just think it sounds really cool and I'm curious, but also I don't sleep the best. Um, I have a hard time falling asleep. I've also been having some um, just like discomfort in my neck and my shoulders and especially my left shoulder has bothered me for a couple years now and I'm hoping that maybe this will help with some of that pain. Also just anxiety. My mind goes a million miles an hour all the time and um, so I'm just looking forward honestly to having an hour of absolutely no thoughts or at least that's what I hope happens. So I don't know these these swells are supposed to help with a lot of different issues and I'm looking forward to seeing how I feel when I come out. So here we go. If you maybe want to just like introduce yourself to start. Yeah for sure. Yep so my name's uh, Connor Kanavi. Uh, I got into floating see i think that was 2012 so quite a quite a while ago uh it's a pretty typical story so buddy of mine says hey you should check out this joe rogan video it was on youtube and it was like the the four minute video of him talking about how it was the best personal development tool he's ever used and 
even before I went and floated it, I was like, this is going to be amazing. And I was hooked. Like, I didn't even have to go float. I just knew this was going to be right for me. And so fast forward a few months, um, uh, visiting him in, in Kansas City. And there wasn't too many float centers at the time. So the place I went to was called the Spot Briarcliff. So it was actually more of kind of like a beauty spa. So I think they had massage and facials and, and things like that. So it wasn't dedicated to floating, but they did have a float device there. So I actually went and floated there. And um, it wasn't kind of the full kind of sensory deprivation experience. So there was actually some light and a little bit of sound kind of bleeding through. But it was just enough to get me to be like, yes, like I want to try this again and keep doing this. And so fast forward about about a year, I'm in Chicago uh, with my family. We're just on vacation. And there was a place called Space Time Tanks, and they'd actually been around for like 30 years. And they kind of had the full the full experience. So there was no light, no sound. You could kind of clo- close all that off. And that was really what I was going for. And I did that a couple times. And it was probably like, it's probably the, the third time that I did it. I got out of there and I was just feeling amazing and the colors were brighter, sounds were more vibrant. I wasn't glued to my phone like I normally was. And it was like at that point, I was like, wow, like this is going to be a part of my life forever. And, and that's all that it took. <laughs> so, Huh, that's amazing. So after that, that uh, initial float in 2012 and then another in, in 13, that was really, I'll just kind of continue the story, I guess, because it was really just me finding wherever I could go float. I was going to go do it. So uh, there was a place, actually a massage therapist in near Peoria, Illinois. And that was really like the closest place. Uh, Essentially, I would drive there and it was about like a a four-ish hour drive or so. And so I went there and um, yeah, I was, did it probably, you know, three or four times, brought, brought friends with me and family members and they, you know, they were trying it as well. And yeah, like I said, it was had to make the drive, but it was for sure worth it. So uh, I was doing that a few times. And then there was a float center that actually opened up in St. Louis and I uh, had reached out to, to the owners there and kind of kept in touch with them. So that's uh, Kevin at Float STL. They were like the first float center in St. Louis. And so I went there and floated a few times there. I think that was in, I want to say it was like 2015. Did that a few times. And then it kind of came to this point to where I was like, well, I'm living in Columbia. I had just gone to Mizzou and was wondering what I was going to do. You know, I was so passionate about floating. I almost came to this crossroads where I was like, well, my background's in in IT and I really like doing software development, but I also really love floating. And so I was at this at this float conference where it's a conference where researchers, float tank manufacturers, float center owners, they all get together and they talk about the research and uh, just just kind of meet and, and hang out. And I met this guy from from Sweden, actually, and he actually makes float tanks. And he was a speaker and him and I really, really hit it off. And I kind of asked him the question. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I got these two options. And he said it was such a simple thing. He was like, do both. And, and before it had never really dawned on me. I was like, OK, I'm either going to do this or that. And right. I was like, all right, yeah, that's a, it's <laughs> a good idea. So, so I ended up doing both. So I um, worked as a software developer and and kind of on the side, got it, got a float device, was running floats out of my out of my apartment, and it was kind of donation based to validate the idea and 
I was doing that, uh, you know, after hour, after work hours. And uh, yeah, I was like, man, like I got to I got to start a center. So, <laughs> yeah. So can you, I guess, just describe what f- floating and sensory deprivation is like yeah. to somebody who's never done it, like what that whole experience is? Yeah, for sure. So so I'd almost rather start with the why someone would do it and then I'll talk about okay. what it is. Um, yeah, no, that's perfect. There's typically three reasons, three large reasons why uh, people would would float and have a float practice. So uh, one is just simply we're, we're, we're stressed out. We live in kind of a stressed out society. We have a lot going on. And that is one one way to kind of get some relief from that is, is just simply stress relief. So the second one would be more of like a physical relaxation. So if you think about athletes and how they... You, know, you might soak in like an Epsom salt bath. There's definitely benefits there from, you know, chronic pain. We hear lots of people who will float for that or fibromyalgia, arthritis. And they're actually, they've done some research uh, around chronic pain and, and showing how it can help can help with that. And then the third category, which is the one that I, I personally think is the most kind of exciting. And it's really around spirituality, whether it's whether it's praying or meditation or just a like a personal development tool in general used to contemplate to think over problems. So those are like really the three big the big categories that that people would float. And then uh, to your main question, like what what the heck even is floating? So really, what it is is it's it's kind of like the perfect bathtub. So there's a device and it's it's very large. So it's about four and a half feet wide, about eight eight and a half feet long. Uh, we have two types. So we have a pod and then a cabin style. And so the pod's about, again, four and a half feet tall. There's a lid that you can leave open the whole time if you'd like. You can also close it as well. It's totally up to you. You have complete control over the environment. Then we have a cabin style, which is even larger. So the roof of it is about eight feet uh, tall. Ultimately, you're laying down. But uh, in this device, there's 10 to 12 inches of water. The water is... Uh, the water temperature is skin receptor neutral, so you almost can't feel where the water ends and the air begins. It's like a very spacious, very open feeling. And then there is a thousand pounds of Epsom salt, which there's so much salt that it is impossible to sink. Like you can try and you can like push your hand down, but it will always pop back up. And and there's limited light and limited sound, although you can always turn the light on if you would like. We do have a light option there. You can always get out at any time. Like I said, you have complete control over that Im- environment. So, I mean, it's I I did it for the first time. I've only done it once, but I did it for the first time a couple of weeks ago and sat up and was just like, I can't wait to do it again. I just felt like I'm going to do it better next time. Like next time I'm going to let myself relax. And it really just was so comfortable. You know, you kind of expect that shock of like getting out of a shower and the cold air hitting you and ruining that warmth but it was just like everything was just like perfect I don't know it was just this like kind of indescribable feeling it was very cool yeah as far as as your customers like what are the main reasons that you see people coming in and continuing to come in and do floats yeah yeah it's a very good question so a lot of people really are just kind of curious about it in general. Like they've they've heard it from a friend, and that's 
definitely the most common way that people hear about it is like, oh, you know, my, my friend tried it or my friend floats regularly, my friend's a member, uh, and they can't stop talking about it. So I have to come and, and, and do it. And, you know, some of the reasons, you know, might be kind of to those three categories I talked about, maybe that's chronic pain, or it's, it's stress, or maybe they want to really just kind of level up a specific area in their life, like maybe they're training for, you know, they're trying to learn a new language, or they're trying to, uh, you know, they're a student and doing, um, trying to solve a problem. So there's actually kind of a Maybe I'll take a, a tangent here and, and talk about one of the coolest, coolest stories that I remember, at, at least, um, related to learning in, in the float, the float device. So we had a student that came in and he bought three floats. And this is early into the semester. So he, he's going to Mizzou. And I don't really know what his major was, but I know that he was taking, uh, some physics and some math, math classes. And so he comes in for that first float and he's just kind of getting the feel for it. Like you said, you know, just, you know, trying to, to feel what it's like, you know, maybe you're touching the walls a little bit. Maybe you get salt <laughs> in your eye. You're like, oh man, like I, I can see the potential here, but it's really like, you're just getting the feel for it. Like that, that's kind of the first float for most of us. I know it was for me. So he comes in, he does that. And so he comes in a, a second time and he has this big textbook. So he's got like this big textbook and like I said, it's early into the semester and he's going through this textbook and he's kind of, he's kind of looking at it. And I ask him, I'm like, oh, you know what, you know, what do you got there? And he's telling me, so he goes, oh, well, I'm in this class and we have the whole semester to solve this one problem. We have to come up with this theory for this problem. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And, and so he kind of explains that a little bit. And then he goes, he goes back and he's floating. The minute he comes out and he's back in the lobby, he opens up his notebook and he's like, writing very, um, you know, very rapidly. He's like, he's like, got, he's got something going on. And so he's writing and, and I'm, I'm, I'm of course, you know, kind of sitting back observing. I'm like giving him his space. I don't want to interrupt his flow. And so I wait till he kind of like takes a breath and he's, it seems like he's made it through whatever he was processing there. And I ask him, I say, Hey, you know, what did you, you think you got it? And he goes, yes. Like, I, I came up with, with the answer to this problem that they had the whole semester. Now this is like, it's like February and, and there's months to go till the semester's right. over. So then I was fortunate enough to be working for his third float because I was dying to know, like, what did he actually get the answer? Or was it just like he, you know, he might've thought he had the answer, but maybe it wasn't the right one. So he comes in for that third float and I ask him and he's like, yes, like that was it. The, I, I told the professor and that was the right answer. And I was like blown away. I was like, wow, like he had the whole semester work on this. On his second float, he goes in and he, he works on it and he gets it. I, I guess funny story too. I think it was either that same professor or a different professor actually had told him about floating. Really? And yeah, I was like, I, yeah, I can't, I guess I can't guarantee this will happen to everyone. But like thinking about all the cool stories that I've, I've heard about floating, uh, like that one always kind of comes top of mind. Yeah. So. That's very cool. Do you have any, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it's mostly people that are like, I can't wait to come back. But do you have any people with negative experiences or? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, good, that's a good question too. So I, I know there are some that, that will come and for whatever reason, it just, it didn't really resonate with them. So I'd be lying to say that everyone comes in, they get exactly what they need and they keep coming back. Like that's, 
definitely not not the case. As far as like negative experiences, I think the 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 key point here is that there's always like an off button with floating, right? Like you can always open the lid, you can always get out, you can always turn the light on. Mm-hmm. So I think as far as negative experiences go, and this has actually happened to me before, is like I'll, I'll be in. This is specifically with the cabin. Like after my float, sometimes you might fall asleep. And you might be a little bit disoriented when you're kind of coming to, so to speak. And it, we used to have a different type of device. It was similar to the cabin we have today, but for whatever reason, it was kind of hard to find where the door was. So, like, if you don't turn the light on, you're kind of like feeling around trying to find the door, <laughs> and it can be a little, it can be a little startling, especially if you forgot that you were like floating. So you're like, oh crap! Like, where am I? And uh, how do I get out of here? And then very shortly after that, maybe, you know, five to 10 seconds, you realize, oh, okay, like I'm here, I'm floating. You know, I just got out of a float. I got to find the door though. And then eventually you find the door, but that's probably more, more of the, uh, you know, maybe more of the common negative experience that you might hear. And then they're also, you know, I guess kind of going further into that, you know, there are, there are some individuals who are coming in to process some, some trauma or some, some really repressed uh, emotions and, and, and thoughts and experiences. And so uh, for those, you know, it's typically can be a, a tool to benefit those who are going through those experiences, especially if they're intentional about it. Like if they know, okay, I'm going to go work through this. But one thing that I think could be challenging is if it does bring up some of those experiences and someone's not ready to remember an event that happened and ready to process it. Uh, I think that those are some instances where it might not be as positive as an experience or it might be a more difficult experience. Right. Um, and those are ones that they might not really tell us about, but I guess I'm making assumptions as to that could be a possibility for like a negative experience, just to be like straight up transparent and honest. Right. Towards the beginning of of my float, you catch yourself. It's like you don't want to let yourself relax that much because it's so foreign to us. We're so just like busy and distracted by things that it was almost like you got to kind of go in with that mindset that like you're going to do it and just let yourself experience being in there and let it do what it's supposed to but it's it's so hard for us to shut ourselves off so for sure it i think that is one thing too why we always we always reiterate that you do have complete control over that environment so for individuals who maybe don't like uh, more enclosed spaces you can always leave the lid open you can leave the door open to the cabin you could float with the light on the whole time we wouldn't recommend it unless that's what helps you be comfortable, especially for those first few floats, you're really just getting a feel for it. And there was actually a a story about, so the original creator of the float tank, uh, his name was John Lilly, and this was back in the 50s. He was doing medical research on it. Fast forward a few years, he had some friends, and they created the first float tank commercially available, which was called the Samadhi tank. And there was a story that they, they told, this was at one of the float conferences, was about an individual who had claustrophobia and, and was nervous to float. And actually what this person did was for their first float, instead of actually going in there, they just had a chair and they just sat outside of the device. And they didn't they didn't go in, they just sat there and they were just kind of there. 
And then the next time they, they got in, they left the lid open and they were there with, with the lid open and they were just, you know, slowly kind of tiptoeing in, into that experience instead of jumping straight in. And I think that's really important to make sure everyone knows is that because you have complete control over the environment, there's nothing wrong with having the light on. There's nothing wrong with leaving the lid open. It's your environment. It's your experience. And however long it might take, or maybe you, you always have the light on and that's okay too. Or maybe you play music every time. That's also okay. There's still benefits to be had uh, from a float practice, uh, even if you're not in total, total darkness, total, total soundproof, etc. Right. So the, the rooms are, are private, but are there options for people who, if they're coming in for um, more chronic issues and their mobility is limited, are there options for them to be able to, to get into these tanks? Is, is there assistance that can be provided? Yeah. So, so we, we for, I guess, for liability reasons, like can't be the person to, to assist per se, mm-hmm. but we actually, when we first opened, the other owners had, had a good a good buddy of his, and, and he was part of the team, and, and he actually lost his, his leg in Iraq. And so he, he had mobility issues getting into the devices. And what he found worked really well is, so on the pods, there's actually a little area that you can kind of, you can like sit on, and you can kind of lift your legs over and, and get in that way, which, which seemed to be really... It worked really well for him. So people who do have some mobility issues might do that. We also have a, a step stool for the cabin because the lip is a little bit kind of taller to get into. So it's kind gotcha. of a big step. And then we also have lots of like grab bars. So especially in the cabin, there's uh, mul- you know, there's like four different grab bars on the actual device itself. So you can use that to kind of help, help you get in. And then also around the shower too, because the floors can be very, very slippery. So like we, we make sure that there's always a place like within reach that you can kind of grab a hold of. Um, and we, we did our best to pick the material for the floor so that there's lots of traction. We actually had the, the contractors, when they build this, we, we had them put more quartz crystals in the, in the epoxy. So like it's more, more kind of grippy too. So we, right. we definitely did our best to think about all, all of these, all of these things uh, to, to help with that. Yeah, that's amazing because my mom has MS and has a lot of pain and um, has some knee issues as well. And so I really was thinking that she could she could benefit from it. But I, you know, was a little worried about her getting in and out initially. But then when I saw, you know, all the the bars and stuff, I was like, okay, she'd be good (laughs) for someone who's maybe a little more of a germaphobe like myself. can you explain the like the cleaning process between yes. the floats? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. This is one of the most common questions we get, and I'm glad that really? you asked. So how I like to think about it uh, is if you think about how normal public water facilities work, right? If Let's think about a hot tub. Maybe not... Maybe you don't think of that as like the cleanest place, but uh, for, for, for lack of other better comparisons, let's just think about how a hot tub would work, right? So, so with a hot tub, typically they'll use chlorine, they'll use a, some sort of particle filter. And if you think about it, you're actually sitting across, well, usually you're sitting across from someone else, right? Unless you have it to yourself. So 
for one thing, you're not sharing a device with anyone else uh, with, with floating. So it's you have your own device and the water's filtered in between. With floating, we also, like it, part of the process is you're showering before and after the float, before you're getting off anything that we don't want in the device. And then after you're getting the salt off, which you don't want to get on your clothes uh, because you're going to have a bad time. Like you don't want to get salt everywhere. <laughs> so, right. so already we're kind of like, ahead of the the cleanliness of, of maybe a hot tub or a pool because although they recommend to shower before getting in the pool or the hot tub I would imagine that there's maybe 90 plus percent of people don't do that I totally made that number up I have no idea <laughs> maybe there's more people that shower maybe less I probably less but I would say anyway. less, yeah. <laughs> yeah so so that's so we already get we already got that going for us and then uh, like I said, yeah, you're not sharing the device with anyone. So the type of filtration we use is we actually don't use chlorine or bromine uh, because being in an enclosed environment, uh, breathing, the off-gassing from the chlorine will be very harmful for your lungs. I know there are some float centers that are required by law, which is, is really unfortunate to use small amounts of chlorine, but you, you, the, the breathing of that is very bad for the lungs. So what the industry has done is, is similar to what they do in some therapy pools and hospitals. And so they use a combination of a UV light and hydrogen peroxide or uh, ozone as well with, with ozone plus the UV or ozone peroxide and, and U, uh, UV. So, so we use peroxide and UV. That will go through a filtration system, which runs the water through uh, about three times or more. And there's also a 10 micron filter. So the water is running through this three times after each person floats. And it's getting kind of technical. It actually creates what's known as hydroxyl free radicals, which are very good at, at, at disinfecting the water. And this is something that actually happens uh, naturally with like the sun, the sun's energy. I'm not a water chem chemist. My background's in software development, but these are things that I hear in the industry. And, you know, so, so that's, that's really how the water, how the water stays clean. And then of course, uh, every every day that we're at the shop, we're, we're monitoring the peroxide levels, making sure they're where they need to be. We're looking at the specific gravity to make sure there's the, the level of salt to make sure that you stay buoyant um, and not, not too much more because we don't want to harm the pumps and not too much less because then you'll be kind of sinking, <laughs> so to speak. Um, so yeah, we're also, also mon monitoring that. And then between each floats, especially with, with COVID, we're very, very cognizant of this. We've actually added extra time between the floats to air out the room, to um, disinfect any common touch points. So like your door handles and, and the shower handles and things like that. That is another thing that, that we're very diligent about right now too, especially. Very cool. Yeah. Because as someone who is a little bit weird about, <laughs> you know, germs and, you know, especially now, of course, but it was so clean and there wasn't like a moment of hesitation or, you know, so anybody who might have that concern, I wouldn't worry about that. Floating is, is something that's really like taking off, I would say, like becoming more and more popular and might be kind of considered a fad, you know, for something people go do after they hug trees or whatever. Um, but are you seeing a lot more like research and things being done that would indicate that this is going to be a long-term, very beneficial thing for people down the road? Yeah, absolutely. So there, there was a lot of research that was done in 
in the 80s showing that it can help reduce blood pressure levels, it can help with chronic pain. I think there were some studies done around anxiety and kind of like it was all good to, to do those research studies, but they were done with kind of smaller sample sizes. So it wasn't something where doctors and physicians would go look at this data and be like, okay, like I can go and prescribe floating to, to my patients because there was just such a small sample size. It was done a long time ago. So uh, recently in the last mm, 10 years or so, they've actually started doing quite a bit more research. And there's also been research happening, not just in the U.S., but across across the the globe, really. And some of the, the more notable research has been done at the uh, Loretta Institute of Brain Research, it's also known as LIBER, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, the doctor there, uh, Dr. Justin Feinstein, was actually doing a lot of his research on anxiety and how floating might help uh, individuals with anxiety. And one thing that they, that they found is that it can actually help uh, quiet the uh, default mode network, which I actually heard that you're you're doing a different podcast, and I heard you talking. You guys are talking about that, so yeah, it, it can it can help it can help with that, uh, which which can help calm you down. And one of the most interesting things about this this anxiety research that they have done was that the worse or more severe your anxiety, the more beneficial that floating was for you, which is really cool to see that because it's like the people that they did for these for, for the research some of them could barely leave their house. Like some of them had such severe anxiety that they could barely even go outside or, or interact with others. And to see that it was, it was that beneficial, I mean, is, is huge. And I know that anxiety is such a prevalent thing in our society. I'm sure a good majority of us have experienced some, some level of anxiety from time to time, especially now that we're, we're, we're very wired in with technology and we kind of have this, that, you know, we're always kind of craving for that next dopamine hit. And it's like <laughs> right. having a way to, to get us outside of that um, and to really just allow our body to be in a place to where we don't have any sort of input can really just put it at ease. Um, I think one good analogy that, that I've heard about floating was that if you think about uh, way back in the day, when our brain spent a lot of a lot of its evolution developing, it was concerned about like a saber-toothed tiger coming and getting us, right? Like we're always kind of on alert. The cortisol is really really up there. That stress hormone is really really high. Um, and now today, we don't really have to worry about a saber-toothed tiger coming and getting us. Maybe we have to worry about a car stopping in front of us, you know, honking the horn. But that cortisol, like our brains are still adapted. Like we haven't had enough time to to adjust um, uh, to to what what our world looks like today. I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of our technology has not it didn't exist two hundred years ago, right? Two three hundred years ago was completely different. Whereas we spent tens of thousands of years, to, you know, our brains have been developing over this amount of time. So what what the float device does is when you're in this environment when there is no no stimuli coming in, it really can help shut off all those those um, normal kind of senses that we have, like that cortisol level can drop down because it's it realizes, oh, there is no input here. There is nothing that we need to be afraid of because we're in such an environment that there isn't. That's, we can truly 
not be afraid of that saber-toothed tiger coming and getting us because there isn't that input coming in. And so that was one one of the reasons why I, th- I think that floating is such an effective uh, way to help with with things like anxiety or uh, chronic pain. There's also some natural endorphins that can be released, and I think that's why it might help there. Um, but it's really cool to start to see some of this research. So, uh, yeah, I would definitely say that we're definitely getting more into the mainstream and kind of le- less of the fad. And you, know, you can just see it when when there's people who who come in time and time again, and they're they're not coming in just to like treat like the symptom per se, but they actually see that this is like a like a wellness tool, uh, a part of their life, and it's it's awesome to like be be there for them to help provide the space for them for that. For sure, that's amazing. Um, so, how often do you float? Ah, yes, this is a this is another good question. So, <laughs> I have I have gone from floating as frequently as once a day for I think I did it for like forty five days to as infrequently as maybe maybe once every two months, at least over the last like five years or so. <laughs> and I think the reason why I got so infrequent was it was more to just see like how it would affect my life and like what what it would look like to have an infrequent float practice. So it wasn't like I wasn't necessarily not seeing the benefits of it. It was almost like, well, I've gone in this extreme. I want to go in this other extreme and then find what makes sense for me today. So your, your next question might be, okay, well, in the last year, how often do you float? And right now I'm alter, um, hovering around like once to twice a week, just really depending. And that seems to be a good number for me. I One thing that I, uh, I was actually talking to our, our manager at the shop and I was telling him like a revelation that I, that I've had is like, if I'm ever in like a major rut, like I'm just kind of dealing with something and I'm just not, you know, I'm having trouble kind of getting over it. There's one thing that I can guarantee that will get me over the rut. And that is floating every single day for like two weeks. Like I almost guarantee whatever I'm going through, I can break through it. And the reason why I say that is because I float it every single day, like I said, for like 45 days at a, at a time. I've done it for 14 days at a time. I've done it for 30 days at a time. Maybe I'm I'm biased, but looking back at those like stretches of time, it was like, wow, like I was really freaking happy. I was in such a good mindset uh, during that time. But then the next question might be, well, why don't you do that all the time? And then the answer to that is it's, it is hard to sustain a float practice that is every day unless you own a device in your, like in your house, essentially. Right. Um, but yes, I, ah, big fan of, of regular floating for sure. And once a week yeah. seems to be like a good cadence for me. So. Um, so how has your experience changed from like when you first started floating to now? Like how has that kind of evolved for you? Yeah, so I, I think every every float ca- can be different for sure. And I've used floating primarily for me. It's it's really a good place to meditate. So that is that's been kind of my main motivation for floating. My main reason for doing it. I would say that when I when I first started floating and there was a lot of like novelty to it. So it was kind of like, you know, I'm just getting the feel for it. And I was kind of, there was a certain point when I was really kind of striving for this one specific experience. And I've come to realize with time that floating will almost give you what you need, not what you want. 
And what I mean by that is like, let's say that you're very tired and you go for a float. The chances of you staying awake and having maybe some like crazy good introspective thoughts are maybe not likely to happen. What's probably likely to happen is, well, what do you need? Well, you you probably need sleep. So you're likely going to sleep, but that sleep's going to be really amazing. And what I always like to say is that even if the float isn't like, I, I almost don't like the word good and bad float. Um, cause it implies, you know, positive and negative. And so I would almost say that even after that float, you pretty much always feel good. Like whether you had kind of a restless flow, like you were really thinking about something and you couldn't relax, like you maybe wanted to, you'll almost always come out on the other side in like a really just kind of relaxed state of mind. Uh, so with time, I've definitely started to realize that. And sometimes it'll surprise me too. Like uh, the other day I was listening to some music when I was floating and I, I don't normally do that. Like normally I go in in silence, lights off and just sit there and focus on my breath. And that's typically what I do most of the time. But I listen to music and it kind of changed. It kind of changed everything. Like it was a lot different. Um, and by the end of the, the playlist that I was listening to, like I felt like my my headspace was like I was very relaxed. I was very calm. And it was interesting because I just changed one variable and that was adding music where I previously don't. And it kind of changed the experience for me. And yeah, I was really, really grateful that, that I mixed it up. Cause normally I'm kind of like a float purist. Like I'm like, no music, no light. Like let's go in, like, let's just, let's focus on the float. But right? it's good to, it's good to experiment and try things. Yeah, so. for sure. Well, that's, I think that's all of my questions that I had. So is there anything like that you want to add that you want people to know about it or think is important? I, I think the, the big thing and in this one is really can be kind of, um, you know, it almost is a little bit self-serving because I own a float center, of course. But like, <laughs> I guess I guess I'll preface it with that. But but really just to see the benefits of floating, you, you got to you got to do it multiple times because a lot of people it's really that third to fifth float when the light bulb clicks on and they're like whoa like floating helps me in this way or i had this sort of experience and you know i i realized this or that and so i think that's one thing is like anyone who's thinking about floating i would strongly encourage them to at least commit to three floats uh before before you even go in for that first one and like I was saying at the beginning, it was really that third float when I, I was like, whoa, like the light bulb clicked on and it was like, yes, like this is absolutely <laughs> what I'm going to be doing with the rest of my life. Essentially, it was like, that was it. Like, here we go. Right. And and to get there really does require multiple times because like you said, it's that, that first time you're just kind of getting the feel for it. You know, maybe you're bouncing off the walls a little bit. Uh, so yeah, I would really, I really encourage people to, to give it, give it multiple, multiple times and one way to help with that is actually setting a specific day and time that works well with your schedule. So that's something that, that I've done in the past um, and that I still do today. And that's really how I'm able to keep such a frequent float practice is that I say, okay, you know, on Fridays at this time, I'm going to go float. And actually, I, I do sauna and floating. We have an infrared sauna too, which is, which is awesome. And the combination of those two is great. So yeah, I'll just, I'll be like, okay, every week, like, I'm going to go sauna and then I'm going to float and that's it. I just commit to that. 
And sometimes it doesn't happen and that's okay. And you fall out of practice. But um, if you kind of have those times dedicated to it, I think it can help, uh, can help quite a bit. And another analogy is like when you go to the gym and you're trying to, to gain muscle and work out, like if you go once, like there's benefit there. But if you start going every week, you're going to actually grow the muscles. Same with like brushing your teeth. Like brushing your teeth once a week is good. <laughs> brushing your teeth every single day is a lot better than brushing your teeth right. once a week, even if it's for like two hours that once a week. So so that's, that's another thing that I, I like to I like to mention, even though I sometimes struggle to explain it because it's like, well, obviously, dude, like, of course you want people to, to float as much as they want because you're making money. It's like, yes, but I more so than that, want people to, to get benefits from the device. Like that's, that's why they opened the place. It was almost like we were almost, we were called to do this. It was almost like I didn't really have a choice to open Clarity as maybe weird as that sounds. It was like, I, I just, I had to, it wasn't like there was an option. It was like, I just need to provide floating for others because it's such a powerful tool to help people be like, to live the best version of themselves. And uh, yeah, so that that's why we're here, and that's why we do what we do. It's just help to help people, yeah. and and we don't have to do anything besides provide the space. That's the best part about it. Like we're just like, hey, you come in, and and there's a device, and we'll, we'll explain what you need to know about the device. But everything else is 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 kind of up to you, and that's why it's so empowering. I think. So. Yeah, I know that's that's very true because it's um you know you you're kind of guided through you learn how to do everything the first time but it's really your experience it's not an invasive you just are like okay well, yeah like you get to make it whatever you kind of need it to be yeah and I I agree that it's something you need to do multiple times because like I said I was like next time I'm gonna do so much better at this. I feel like get more out of it and then the next time even more and like i just am so excited to keep doing it personally thank you for starting it because <laughs> i've been able to take advantage of it and will continue to do so and share the experience as much as i can so that's that's why that's why we're here we're just here to here to help others cool is there anything else you wanted to to add or no i, I think that that pretty much sums it up Thanks for having me on. And thank uh, you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Take care. (laughs) See you, Jamie. You too. Bye. So I am just leaving the spa, and it was pretty incredible. It's very surreal to just sit there and actually like realize that you're just floating and no effort and there were times that I have to remind myself that I wasn't like on a bed or there wasn't something underneath me. It was so relaxing and I feel like this year in particular there's just been so much shit going on that I haven't really just like been taking deep breaths. Like I I don't know, I've just like been holding so much in and literally like probably halfway through the flow I did this big like 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 what my body does a while after I've had a good cry. It's like your breathing catches up with itself. And I just did this like huge breath and then I could just feel my breathing kind of like get deeper after that. It was it was kind of bizarre but very, very cool. It was like I I don't know, could just feel my body reacting to the calm. (laughs) And so anyway, it was very nice. The pain in my neck 
that was bothering me this morning is non-existent. My shoulder feels great. So obviously, actually being able to just float and be weightless does something really good for for that pain. I'm very impressed. I definitely will be back. I definitely recommend it. I'm looking forward to doing it some more. So that's that. Connor, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to join me on this episode. I really enjoyed it. And I look forward to doing many floats at Clarity Float Spa. So if you're in the Columbia, Missouri area, check them out. You won't be disappointed, I promise. And uh, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you have any questions or show ideas, send me an email at knowwhatiheard at gmail.com. Also like the Facebook page at Know What I Heard Podcast and follow us on Instagram. So thank you guys for listening. Stay safe. Have a very happy new year. Hopefully 2021 sucks a lot less than 2020. And um, until next time, hey, know what I heard? 